Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, on this episode of the GH Report, we're going to look back at the last two weeks of the latest happenings there in Port Charles, uh, but it ends with a hero being laid to rest. Who cried, who didn't? Uh, we'll find out after this. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Look at that. You know, this intro is only 10 seconds long. We got the confirmation of that just moments ago. <laughs> but it is enough to get everybody excited about Woo-hoo! the GH Report right here on AfterBuzz TV. Of course, this is the show that breaks down the latest happenings in Port Charles. I'm your host, Frank Moran. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jackie. And I'm your co-host, Carla Renata. You can find me across all social media platforms at The Curvy Critic. And folks, like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and while you're there, give it a thumbs up. <laughs> and feel free to hop in the chat room, we're going to pull that up uh, if you want to share your, your latest thoughts about the, the, sh- the show in general, or anything in specific that you may have seen over the last, not just one, but two weeks, since we'll be talking about a lot of that stuff, feel free to chime in there. So, let's just jump right into it. Yep. I mean, that, you know, he's, he's dead. He's dead. I know, and I I have to say that Nathan dying was really sad, but the way that they sent him off on the soap was the classiest, it was the classiest funeral uh, procession um, burial I've ever seen on a soap opera. Like, it was really, it was really classy. And there wasn't a whole bunch of talking heads going on either. It had been a while since we'd seen, like, an honest, it sounds terrible to say, in terms of soap operas, but, like, an honest-to-goodness death, where it's not left up like the, we can't find the body, or we don't know what's happened. Uh, But this was like, nope, he's dead, we saw him die, Uh, we're going to lay him to rest. There's no... I mean, certainly any soap opera could figure out a way to kind of hoodwink it. Back, yeah. Yes, <laughs> uh, but I mean, this was just uh, from beginning to end, and it's it's been a while since we've had one of those on GH, and it, uh, they did it really well. Yeah, I I totally agree. I boohooed like a baby. I I posted on Twitter. I'm like, oh my goodness, I was in the ugly cry for real, all up in my feelings. It was, and the two moments that got me the worst were um, when Georgie came back, when Maxie couldn't quite seem to find the strength to leave the apartment. And Georgie came back and they had that conversation on the floor. I screamed out loud at the TV. I was like, no! They are not trying to jack me up by bringing Georgie back. I was a mess. And the other moment that did me in was Nina's eulogy at the funeral. Yeah. Where she talked so lovingly and so supportingly of Nathan. Because when Nina hit poor Charles, she was kind of like Nell. Like, people treated her the way they treat Nell. Not as bad, but kind of like that same vibe. And she flipped it around, and Nathan was part of that happening for her. So it's going to be real interesting to see what happens with her character now that he, that character is gone. Well, let's uh, jump back in time a little bit to, to okay. all of the, the events that led to uh, Nathan's passing. There was, of course, the whole thing with Cesar Faison goes down. Uh, I have to say, I am disappointed in the way that Cesar Faison went out. Like, this was the ending that you give one of the the, the most classic bad guys on the show. That, along with Helena Cassidyne, they pretty much they just die in their beds. That's it. You know it. what? I don't think he's really dead, though. 
Because when they when she was in the um when they showed him in the autopsy room when Anna came in the autopsy room, they they said some I, now correct me if I'm wrong, but I think somebody said something about performing some type of autopsy on his brain, but his brain wasn't cut open. There was no stitches. It was just his chest. That, true. <laughs> just but I, I feel like that that was an error on the show's part. Oh, okay. Because, I mean, they did give him a brain, and Kevin Collins was presumably there the entire time. As right. Because as, as I was like, that seems kind of odd. Why is just his chest open with stitches? Yeah. And for a minute, they got me when Aunt, when he, when Anna was... Um, Whispering, right? And yep. he jumped He jumped up off of that table. I screamed again. I screamed out loud. I was like, what is <laughs> happening? General Hospital has wrecked my nerves for the last two weeks, but it's wonderful. I love it. Yeah, I, I just feel like I, I am all about if you want to pass the torch on to another uh, another new set of villains. Okay, that's great because you know, these are actors that aren't around on a regular basis, so you need some new bad guys to really add a lot of juice. Mm-hmm. We need an opportunity to build you know the the modern day Cesar Faison's mm-hmm. or Helena Cassidines. But I still think <laughs> if you are going to give these villains a send off, I would hope that it would be much more impactful uh, to kind of you know meet that the, the the legacy of their their, their badness and villainy. And I felt like Cesar was like, he popped up, he got shot, and then he just died in the hospital. That's why I think he's going to come back. I, don't, I mean, Helena hasn't come back yet. That I mean, doesn't just, mean they won't bring, you know, you know well, especially General Hospital. They are infamous for being <laughs> bringing people back two, three, four times from the dead. So unless the actress that played Helena Cassadine or the actor that played um, Cesar Faison don't want to come back, they'll be back. Yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I felt underwhelmed by those <laughs> By those exits, like this would be built up, and that, that it was uh, for Anna, because it was really—I mean, certainly it was a Maxine Nathan kind of centric reason that why Faison, uh, Cesar Faison came back to town. Mm-hmm. But uh, that Anna, who has had such a long history with him, mm. isn't really involved in his ending at all. I'm just like, oh, all right. I kind—I'm kind of glad she wasn't. I'm kind of glad she wasn't involved because then that leaves her free. Feeling wise to go someplace else, you know what I mean. She, if she had been involved in it, I don't think because Anna's very headstrong and she's very emotional about everything all the time. I think that if she were involved in Cezanne, Cezanne, Faison's um death, that she might end up having like some kind of nervous breakdown and become a villain herself. Like I feel like if that trajectory had happened for her, there'd be some road for her. On General Hospital, I don't think the fans would have liked to have seen her go down. Well, it's certainly my my least, in my opinion, uh, favorite way of Anna being betrayed is that when she has <laughs> when she has a secret that hasn't been revealed to the audience yet, but it's, she's just so terrible about trying to be uh, subtle. <laughs> I so know. when she's trying to like, uh, block everybody from like uh, hurting Heinrich. Uh, like no 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 we can't do this you do, you don't know what his deal is I'm like oh my gosh all right so you've got a kid uh, yeah. so it really came as no surprise when she reveals to uh, to Faison uh, while he's in the in the coroner's uh, office there that uh, guess what I've got a baby too that actually was a surprise to me like really? I, yeah mm-hmm. I didn't see that coming I really didn't see that coming but then what I also didn't see coming was when she went and I and I know this is me jumping around but it's in line with what we're talking about. When she went over to Valentine's house the day that um, they confirmed that Faison was dead and she handed the effects over to Liesl, right? (laughs) 
Nina was in there having a nervous breakdown, and that was the time that they, that she had the conversation with Valentine, and Valentine breaks down this whole situation of how she had the baby, and he knew she was pregnant, and I was kind of like, really, Valentine, really, you were really there? Did that really just happen? But then this is the thing that really cracked me up. So. <clears throat> He goes on to say, well, you, your daughter, and she was like, because the whole time she's thinking she had a son, but I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he just say she had a daughter to kind of throw her off the scent a little bit? I'm thinking, that's the, I would have was going to ask you, do you think that he's being truthful about being a daughter? No. I'm thinking, no, he's going to throw her off the scent. No, because right after that, he calls um, Peter, and Peter's like, yeah, I'm leaving town, and he's like, I don't think that would be a good idea, and then I was like, oh, well, maybe that is her son. Yeah. And then there's that whole conversation that Peter has with um, Lulu. Where he talks, which is the first time we find out anything about him, really. And he has that whole conversation with Lulu where he talks about um, what his family growing up was like. He says he's abandoned by his mother and abandoned a baby. He said his father was self, um, what do you call him, self-absorbed in some other word he used. That would be Faison. Like, yep. you know what I mean? So I don't know. But again, for GH, that's just too easy like, that would just be too easy of a guess for, for all of that to line up for Peter, don't you think? Well, but GH has been uh, known to tell you, make it very obvious to the fans while throwing red herrings to the people <laughs> within the story. So while Anna might be off the track, like, okay, it's not the case. It's like, it's, it's Heinrich, but, uh, or slash Peter. But we're, uh, we're just going to delay that revelation for Anna <laughs> for some unknown reason. It's going to just take uh, a while to get us to this point. And there's that. Ugh, yes. Uh yeah, so I mean, we had the opportunity to, to meet possibly, uh, and I was hoping to meet Peach uh, uh, Sinclair, but uh, we just see Heinrich just skulking there in the bushes, <laughs> just watching, uh, <laughs> as, as only the soaps know how to do. Yep, that was it. And then I, what I love is anytime somebody skulks, that uh, they always step on something. Always. <laughs> and then there's, and then there's, and it makes the person go. Who's there? Yeah. What's happening? Are you there? What's going on? Who is it? And then, then I, then, it, then it makes me feel like, okay, so now we're going to do a bad horror movie. Now we're going to have somebody go looking for something that they're not going to find. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, but, I, I mean, the, uh, the, the, the death, uh, well done. I mean, he, Nathan wakes up just enough to, to, to feel the baby, feel a kick, and then he passes away. That I'm telling you, the whole Nathan thing at the end wore me out. I was a puddle of tears. I really was. I was just like, oh, no. Uh, so I think the person that uh, – and we'll delve a little bit more into Nathan's funeral and all that. But uh, I want to turn to I think the person that's uh, going to receive uh, the majority of the, the blame and the scorn and uh, a lot of, you know, kind of not-so-pleasant looks from people in Port Charles is our, our good old pal Lulu Spencer. Or Lulu Falconeri, which we should call yes. her now. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so she writes her story. She's uh, having a rough time right about now. Faison comes back and he ends up killing his own son and then getting killed himself. No. Uh, <laughs> I can't. Somebody just mentioned that GH won a, an award, a writer's award tonight. Oh, hey, that's great. So, yeah, yay, GA. All right. The writers are kicking uh, butt. It, hopefully, it wasn't for that Manlander storyline. If it was for that Manlander story, <laughs> I am out. we're back. Yep. <laughs> we're boomeranging it. it back to the Manlander story. Can't do that. Can't, can't do you? that. Yep. That was, uh, <laughs> 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 I can't with you. Back to Lulu. <laughs> yes. So, Lulu, this, I find this so cra- crazy because. Uh, there is, people are questioning this legitimately within the show, which I think is right. It's like you know she's written two stories, 
that's it so far. She's, you know, like, uh, Obrek is against her because she's like, you know, you, you get this bug that you want to be a writer, <laughs> and now look what you've done, and you put my, my son in harm's way, and then you've ended up killing him. I know. They're making her into the guys that cracked Watergate on General Hospital. I'm like, can we just, can we just admit that she's written two stories? She's, yes. She has not, she does not have a Pulitzer Prize. It's not that deep. <laughs> when- <laughs> I'm like, come on. When her and, and Peter meet at... Uh, <laughs> at the diner. Yes. Yes. And he is talking to her like, oh, well, you know, they recognize, you know, they, she's, you know you're a great writer. Like, what? You've done two articles. Wait. And then Ned <laughs> and yep. then Ned rolls through and he's all like, so, Lulu, can you write this story on me? I'm like, really? Really? So now everybody's like, oh, Lulu is the bomb.com. No. Oh, no. it's... Man, they they did really did no no good service to Lulu in terms of the storyline. I can understand being some friction, but it happened so fast that yeah, Lulu it went from like, zero to hundred right. in terms she of went, writing. She went from being uh, Rocco's mother and Dante's wife to being this uh, Johnny on the spot reporter. I can't that that, oh. I, that storyline. I don't really care for so much. It, I think it, it may have been, I don't know, more, because now it just plays off like, well, let's diminish whatever writing ability that Lulu might have, and let's just focus on the fact that she was a bull in a china shop with a story. Oh she God. wanted to get cred, and she wanted to get it as quickly as possible. Melvin fan is like, is anyone a Lulu fan? Uh, the answer to that would be a no. <clears throat> it's, it's rough. And it's disappointing as the only uh, child right now of the Spencers on the show. She's that, weak. Uh, I'm she, sorry. I, the actress that plays her does a fine job, but the way that she's being written, I think, is really weak. It's. I, I feel like uh, the she, other Lulu was better. Maybe it's just. I. I just feel like she. She's not given the material that kind of really personifies a, a great blend of uh, Luke and Laura. No, they've made her very milk toast. And the the other somebody mentioned the other lady who played. Um, they didn't mention her by name. Oh, yeah, they did. Ever since, no, they didn't mention her by name. So the other girl that played her, she was edgy. There was something about yeah. her that was very edgy, and edgy kind of went along in line with Luke and Laura because Luke and Laura together are edgy. Those they have those sides of their personality that's kind of dangerous and edgy and mysterious. And with this chick that's playing it now, I don't really get that from her. I get very safe from her. Don't you get safe yeah, from her? Yeah, it's disappointing. And it. I, I feel like <clears throat> this is a character that was primarily raised by either Luke or, in a sense, Tracy, uh, Tracy Quartermain. Right. Luke was gone for stretches of time right. uh, doing his thing, whether it be into his dark personality <laughs> that we saw or just whatever kind of adventure that he was on. So Lulu was left with other people to, to, to look after her for a long period of time because Laura was, uh, you know... In uh, the crazy house. She was, she was in Paris <laughs> uh, taking care of all that stuff. So I feel like uh, it's tough to figure out how a character would react. Would it kind of follow your in your father's footsteps? You kind of see that he's kind of a thrill seeker, uh, always looking for the next kind of adrenaline rush. Uh, well, that's the way they had the other Lulu playing it. Like, they had the other Lulu playing um, that she had that Spencer gene from Luke because Luke was always going off on an adventure for months and weeks at a time. They had the old Lulu playing it, or they wrote for her that way. Yeah. And this Lulu, they don't. They wrote for her once like that, and it just kind of didn't bode well, I don't think. Uh, this version, I it just ugh, I, I don't enjoy the way that they're taking this character, but uh, it, it culminates at the end of the week after Nathan's been laid to rest, where Lulu, who has not really talked to Maxie at all since it all went down, uh, goes up to, to Maxie. and I'm not mad at her for that. I wouldn't nope. be talking to her either. Like she told her, Maxie straight up told her, "Look, stop it. 
just stop it. You're going to you're going to open a can of worms that you don't want to open and she didn't listen cuz she was all about her and all about making a reputation for herself as a writer and then the and the end result ended up with her best friend's husband being dead. There's no coming back from that. No. There's no in my opinion there's no coming back from that. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, it's a soap. At some point, they will come back from that. Well, yeah, I mean, somebody's going to get in trouble, and they'll help each other, and that'll be that. But I, really. we, we saw Sonny kill AJ, right? <laughs> so, and <laughs> Michael is all about loving him still. So, But there was a moment, like, but Michael has these moments. He comes in and out of that that feeling. You know, every once in a while, he's like, you killed my father. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's... Uh, it's so there is going to be some definitely some dark period between the two of them to definitely be estranged. But that's the frustrating thing about a soap is that they neither actor is going anywhere, so they're still going to have to write them in scenes. And you can only have so many. How many months can you have them just butting heads constantly? At some point, you have to be like, all right, we got to change this because we got to change the dynamic because this is yeah. getting a little tiresome just writing constantly button head scenes. Yeah. Since you brought up Michael, um, let's just talk about Michael and Nell for a second. <laughs> I am kind of in. I called this. Didn't I say that Nell and um, Ava were probably going to team up? I called it. I called it. So now they're teaming up, and Ava is kind of loving the fact that Nell wants to go in on Carly. Of course, giving her all the time that she needs. But but there's also she had that moment where she talked about. um, She talked about why are you so obsessed with Carly? Blah 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 blah. And then um, Nell told her. And she says, oh, but you fell in love with Michael, and that kind of changed everything. And she had this look on her face like maybe she was reminiscing about how she fell in love with Morgan and how that changed everything for her, and, and that made her do crazy stuff. Yeah. That's, you know? But, but, I mean, Nell came into town with a, a boatload of crazy. Yeah, she was yeah, ready to go. She came in town with an agenda. But so did Ava. Ava came in town with an agenda, but not toward Carly or the Corinthos. No, it wasn't until she started knocking people off <laughs> that, <laughs> that she came in. <laughs> I can't. But Michael had me howling when he was like, she was like, yes, I think Morgan would be a great name for the baby. And he was like, um, no. <laughs> That's uh, No. I, it's like, <laughs> are you saying, or not, so now you're dictating how things are going to be near? It's like, well, no, but just come on. I was on, like, no. it's a name. Like, really? He can't be involved. He's, and then he kept going, well, we can do this and we can do that. I'm like, really? Why you got to spell out the we thing for her? Is she that dense? Maybe she is. But yeah. <laughs> but she's, I told you, I'm like, I'm ready for her to be, be gone, so to speak. I just, ugh. I, I hate her. But that means she's doing her job because I hate her. I hate her character so much that every time she comes on the screen, I just want to roll my eyes. You, you would think that if somebody who's trying to at least kind of butter up in a, in a slight sense to Carly, uh, that it's like by offering like, hey, well, I'd love to name the baby Morgan. And that does not go over well. Then then if you want to still keep it up that, just back off. Like there's no reason to kind of put up a front like, well, what do you mean? So now you're just saying how everything's going to be in this pregnancy? Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Just realize this. But I already <laughs> feel like they're already setting up another Kiki and Michael uh, couple. Of yes, years. yes. But I kind of <sighs> love Kiki with Michael. Uh, I, I, she's giving him them dull <laughs> eyes. I'm like, oh, I kind of love Kiki with Michael. And I, lo- I was really mad at her, though, that she didn't ask him to go to that party with her when he was like, aren't you going to go? Like they were having some party for the... Um, the interns, not interns, uh, oh, the, new, the graduation uh, yes. class. And um, she, he was like, aren't you going to go? And, and she was like, no, I don't want anybody asking me questions about Dylan. And I'm like, that would have been the perfect end to go, why don't you come with me? And she didn't. I was like, really, girl? You couldn't yeah. go in for the kill? Like, come on. 
Uh, she's still coming out of her little relationship. I, I, me, this I bugs never me had the whole her way. And Del- Dylan. Really? No. I, I really like them. They just never were given a chance to really take off. I mean, Robert Palmer Watkins, who's great, has been in the show many times. One of our, uh, one of our favorites. When he was taken off to reoccurring, and that's been definitely a that's distant been a minute. That's a that's a distant <laughs> reoccurring. There we are for him. But the the fact that they just did it wrong, where he's just in L.A. and then we find out, you know, through Kiki, that oh, he's been cheating on me. Because the long distance is just too too rough. Like, oh, that's how you're going to... You know, that's what they do when somebody's not coming back. <sighs> that's how they write a character when, when you know unequivocally somebody's not coming back. That's how they write the characters. If you, look at, if you look at it over a period of time, that's what they always do when somebody's not coming back or they're recasting the role. It's it's a shame because I feel like uh, Dylan does have a, a lot of fans. And certainly Robert Palmer Watkins. But Dylan is a character that I, I felt like... Never quite got to achieve everything that he could have. There's a lot of potential for him. No. And by the time they took forever, forever <laughs> to get him and Kiki together, forever, and it was so frustrating. And then they finally get him together, and then he just gets taken on a reoccurring. We never really got to see what happened. What happened in that relationship? Yeah, I just, I kind of like them. I kind of want. It's like I said. I think I said this on a show once before. I really want Michael to get somebody nice, and Kiki's nice. She's yeah, nice. But and I mean, she's already been with Kiki. She's been with Morgan. She's been with Morgan again. And I know. No. She's running through the Corinthos family. Yeah, she, it's just like. <laughs> it's like, why don't you find a new family to hook up with? But I still like her with Michael. I want them to hook up. Yeah, so well, I guess I we'll, really we'll see where that ends up going. I really want her to hook up. Uh, well, speaking of uh, uh, romance and stuff, we do have uh, a, uh, Anna and Finn. They're kind of dancing around stuff. Where Finn, Finn's poor, you know, he's pouring his heart out, saying exactly how he feels. And. And is always like, I'm not, I can't. My life is too dangerous. I, I know, but now he's like hooking up, not hooking up, but he seem, they seem to be writing a lot of time with him, I mean, for him with Alexis. Which, but I like because I feel like it's buddies. They're, they're both in rehab together, they're going but to you meetings. Know, sometimes buddies turn into <clears throat> to something else, so I don't know. I, don't, I can't see the two of them together, but I can see a good friendship d- develop, which I feel like is nice. Alexis definitely needs somebody else. That she can talk to. Mm-hmm. That uh, he's not one of the daughters, mm-hmm. which is a good, which is great. Or Diane, because she's not on that often, mm-hmm. uh, and that will keep her away from Julian. Because I cannot stand that. I know, but her and Ned, Alexis and Ned, started out as friends too, and they ended up getting married. Man, you know, I have zero interest in watching Alexis run for <laughs> for mayor. Zero. I don't like Alexis running for mayor. I don't. Oh, I don't like that. But I honestly can't think of anybody else there who could do it. Oh, maybe Laura Collins? <laughs> but that's oh, not... they, they, they squashed that, yeah, that. that. We squashed that, so we don't even want to talk about that. But, um, yeah, uh, but when you said you hate Julian, that reminded me. I kind of like them pairing Julian up with Dr. Kim. Yes. I like that. Yeah. I like their chemistry together. I really like that. And he's just taking the knife and twisting it to Elect. Alexis. Alexis. Uh, <laughs> she, every time she sees him, she's just like, jaws are just tight. She's just like, Arr. You know, the thing that drove me crazy is so uh, uh, Alexis <laughs> goes to visit uh, Drew and Sam at Aurora, and Sam says, hey, you know what? Why don't we go out to lunch? Right. They go there. And what do they do? They go to freaking Charlie's. Why? I'm like, why can't you go to the floating rib for lunch? They got ribs. Like, go to the Metro Court. The Metro <laughs> Court the is Metro in the court. same building. Like, go anywhere. But why you got to go to Charlie's? Like... And Sam is like so distinct. Like, I agree with you on that one. She was throwing all kinds of shade at Julian when he was like, "Then why did you even come here? Come on!" And it's just, oh, I can't. It's, I mean, Speak. I know Alex, Alexis has an addiction, and her addiction is Julian. But but it, she also this is the other thing. So how are you gonna run for mayor, right? 
and you are ex-alcoholic, but your ass is always up in a bar. Like, who does that? (laughs) (laughs) Like, what is going on? Why is she always... Charlie's is a bar. The Floating Rib is a bar. The Metro Court has a bar. Like, why are you always someplace where there's alcohol? Well... To speak to that, what did you think of that attack ad that we that we see? <laughs> Where are hey, Julia? Yeah. It was so it was so tacky. The attack ad was tacky. It was so, <laughs> I, I, I laughed out loud at that. It was like Alexis da 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 da, and it was like and then the, with the pictures of Julian pushing in with each like oh, yes. boom. But I'm like, oh y'all are killing me. And then when they rolled up into the um, into Charlie's, they were all up in Julian's face about it, going. What do you have to say? And he's like, "What?" Yeah, I know. <laughs> he had no idea what was going on. And 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 let's just talk about that for a second. I don't really like the way that they let the information unfold for Kim that Alexis is Julian's ex-wife. He didn't tell her, but I'm like, he hasn't had a chance to tell her. They just going out on the first date. Yeah. Like, what's he gonna say in the first five minutes? So Alexis is my ex-wife. I was in the mob and I killed people. What do you have to say? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> BT Dub, she's running for mayor. You may see a commercial. <laughs> even Kaya, is that Kaya? Who's uh, Booker? Even Booker's like, she is always at the bar. Alexis is always yeah. at the bar. I don't know any ex alcoholic that is sitting at a bar sniffing alcohol. Constantly. <laughs> Constantly. It's just, uh, I can't do it. I can't. But it, I feel like the same thing could be said for both Laura and with Alexis now. That, uh, like, the timeline. Has been accelerated so rapidly. Like for yeah. even Laura, Laura like came and went within a week that she was yeah. going to run for mayor, and yet people uh, were not happy <laughs> about that. But I did like how Ned and Laura were referred to. I thought you were a worthy, uh, worthy competitor, worthy opponent. They kept on talking like they'd been doing this for like months and months and months. <laughs> when it was just like a week, <laughs> not even that I many, like three days. I'm like, huh? How? How do you have this? And there's already like great billboard <laughs> posters up inside Julian's bar. And oh, you were great. You were a worthy adversary. Like you, you do, were doing this for three days. I can't. And did I miss? Did I miss an episode where Alexis actually announced that she was gonna run? Nope. Because uh, I'm never... like, did that happen? And I missed it because one minute Laura was running, and then the next minute you saw posters with Alexis. I'm like, okay, when did that happen? Yeah, it. Uh, it's it, not it was just fast. me, right? No, it was fast. <laughs> It, they make they make you want to feel like it's been going on for so much longer than it really. No, has. they make you feel like you're going crazy. Like, oh. did I miss that? Did, what? Like, I literally was rerunning episodes to make sure I didn't <laughs> miss it. I'm like, did I miss that? Because I don't think I'm. Oh Lord, they were we, killing me. We see like, people commenting uh, like Alexis, <laughs> like, oh, this is probably Ned's camp, but he probably doesn't know anything about it. Maybe mm-hmm. we never we, we do run into Ned over there at, uh, at Kelly's, and he doesn't mention anything about the attack ad. Like, or even like if he's like, against what they did, like, hey, this Alexis is my friend. I'm running against her, but we don't need to slam her. There's no mention about Ned's reaction. No, to that but there ad. was that little shady moment that they had in Charlie's him and that Harvey person, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then Curtis and Julia. Okay, wait, let, let me just talk about that for a second. So they have that Ned and Harvey have that little shady moment. Mr. Harvey had a little shady moment, and then. You see Julian and Curtis in the background speculating about what's going on. And I'm getting the vibe from Julian and Curtis, like the like a sunny kind of um, Jason vibe with Julian and Curtis. Do you know what I mean? Oh, uh, yeah. And I'm like, uh, is he going to go back into the mob and is Julian going to be his enforcer? Like, what's happening? Yeah, <laughs> it's feeling like that is leaning toward that a little bit. Because I don't think, like, Curtis has any, like, 
animosity towards Julian, but he's not a huge fan, Mm-mm. given the way that uh, Julian al- was trying to cut him out of that investigation when he was getting close to figuring out who was really right. behind everything. But he's always up in the bar, at the end of the bar, whispering with Julian. I'm like, okay, come on. Either you like him or you don't. I feel like... You know what I'm saying? It is so frustrating with Julian, because I feel like they're trying to make him just like, hey, he's the local guy that runs the bar, man. And everybody <laughs> comes in, and they share their problems with him, and he lands a wise ear. Yeah, I mean, I guess we have to let him do that because uh, if we keep holding on to like he's a mob guy and he put a knife to Alexis's throat, what's all this about? That then I guess we'd never give him a chance to change. But still, it is frustrating because it's like yeah, it, it, for, like, like it's a complete one eighty where it's like right, yeah, right. We come into this bar run by a guy that a lot of people hate, but when right. we come to that bar, everybody hates him, but they always up in the bar. I'm like, okay, so y'all just gonna give money to somebody that you hate because the food is great. Yeah, I, d- I doubt it's all that, but <laughs> I'm just saying, it, there ain't enough good food in the world to be doing all that. Um, but since we brought up Curtis, <laughs> they took his Aunt Stella. Okay, that was another moment that I was like, okay, so one minute we see Aunt Stella leave Charlie's to walk home, and the next time we see her, she's being dragged into the precinct saying that she was mugged. Okay, so if you were mugged or somebody was trying to rob you, why you got the handcuffs on? Yeah. Right. And then the guy, the guy that attacked us, said, "Well, she attacked me." I'm like, I, "Okay, really? We gonna do this right now? We we gonna put handcuffs on the old lady and not the dude whose face is all jacked up?" Yeah. There's there's just no evidence. All those cameras were down. So that's convenient. I know, and they said that too. They were like, "Oh, you know, they went down at dawn." I'm like, "Really? <laughs> they just miraculously went down at dawn." Ugh, Give me yeah. a freaking break. I was so over that. But what I loved about that, about her being dragged in that precinct, is that scene when Jordan is asking her what happened, and she goes in. She, Aunt Stella, goes in to the point where she does not shut up, even even when Jordan's calling Curtis going, you need to come down to the precinct. Your auntie's down here. And you can still hear her yeah. fussing <laughs> in the background. That made me laugh out loud. That was funny. I'm like, she is still fussing in the background. Yeah. Everybody's getting tied into this Charles Street stuff, man. Everybody's getting tied in. Ooh. Uh, so we do have, uh, we get to see Franco and Elizabeth in the bar, uh, along with Drew and Sam. And, of course, they have an impromptu meeting with Mr. Harvey there. Good old Greg Evigan coming by. Uh, what I would love if Paul Reiser came by to be his uh, business partner. A little My Two Dads reunion. Would that yes. be great, everybody? Yes. But what I don't like about Harvey is that why why does he miscellaneously just kind of hop into everybody's conversation? Like, no matter who comes in, Charlie's, he's like, hey, I'm the, new dude, I'm the new dude in town. Let me talk to you. You remember? I'm like, mm-mm. Bobby. Bobby, nice Andy. seeing you again. Andy. I'm like, <laughs> for real, though? I can't. Can't I can't? But what about that? What about that um, flash? Well, it wasn't a flashback, but what it was, was a, like an imagine, imaginary? <laughs> where you yeah. got up and looked like he was gonna beat the hell out of? Hey, <laughs> uh, he pushed you down the stairs, Franco. What? <laughs> yeah, I hollered. I was like, "Oh, is he really?" And then they and they flipped it back. I was like, "Oh, okay." So it's that. I want them to kind of um, find some type of oops. Yeah, oh, some kind I of want, common ground. Yeah, Cause, I want the two of them to find some type of. Amicable, yeah. Ground. I, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if that's all contingent on Drew getting his original memories back. Maybe that might soften the. Maybe that's why that Harvey dude showed up. Well, I maybe guess he knows something. There's been speculation that it was the it was good old Harvey that had pushed him down the stairs, and they just oh. cast the shade over there onto uh, good old Bobby, Bobby. 
<laughs> I can't stand you. <laughs> uh, but they, but when they do get to, he does get together with Ned and they're just like cackling away like two old buddies there. I know that, he was like, like ah ha ha that's that was funny. I'm oh. like, really? Can yeah. you let us in on the joke? <laughs> Uh, that was a really awkward moment. Didn't you think that was awkward? It was a little like, guys, we get it. You guys know each other. You don't have to try so hard. <laughs> no. But given right now, who would you want to see win the election? If I had to choose, if I had to choose, I would like to see Alexis win the election only because she has that legal expertise. But her winning might be a button pusher for her alcoholism and some of the other little crazy stuff that she's done over the years. So I don't think, I don't think for, for healthy reasons, it would be the best thing for her. Um, Ned's got all that money, so he could probably actually use that money to do a lot of good in Port Charles, but I don't trust Ned because ever since Ned came back to Port Charles, he's been shady boots. He's, he's been, been shady boots. Yeah, I don't think he's been shady boots, but I also think he doesn't know exactly what Harvey's been up to. Like everything they've been kind of doing to undermine that the residents are already in, in Charles Street. Mm-hmm. I think Ned could win and find out mm-hmm. and then realize, oh man, I can't go with these guys because they are way too shady. I think Ned is shady boots, and this is why. Because um, he <laughs> he's always kind of slithering into some office or some venue or something asking for a favor. Like when he slithered into Aurora after Alexis and Sam left and was like, so the Quartermains have been good to you, right, Drew? Yeah, we support each other. That's how we roll. So, and then and then he said, and then Drew's like, oh, here we go. Um, yeah, I'm going to tell you the same thing I told Alexis. Uh, yeah. No. But it was the way that he came at him about it. It was so shady. I'm like, really? Well, I think it was a little, Ned loves that whole, you know, that Quartermain bond. But I felt like, to, to to bring that up to somebody that really is just kind of not really cognizant of that bond. Mm. Like, oh, by the way, hey, you, you are a quarterman now. By the way, it's also we do everything for each other. We have each other's backs. It was like, wink, wink. I'm like, yeah. no. I'm like, are we really doing that? I can't, <laughs> I I, can't do it. I'm hoping it's Ned. I, I really want Ned to win. One, because it would just be nice to have him get something. It's not going to – I feel like whoever wins the mayor thing, we're not going to see a lot of the actual mayor doing stuff. Right. Uh, and so I feel like it's great for Ned because it gives him a position of power in Port Charles. But since Wally Kurth is bouncing between two soaps, right. he still doesn't need to be on that It's much. probably going to end up being Alexis. Oh, please, no. I think it's probably going to end up being Alexis. Because I feel like with Alexis, then I feel like then we are going to see more of the mayor's office in action. Because she, since she's on the show constantly. But I love that. I, we, that's something, that's yeah. something on GH that we haven't really seen in a while. We have, I know you're like snooze fest. <laughs> But I just, I want to see that. I just want to see. And since in the world we're dealing with so many politics and stuff, I think the GH writers, since they're so good, they could do a lot of parallels between what's happening in the real world and and, um, infusing that into the whole mayoral election on GH. But see, anything they do with that, I'm going to say, and you couldn't have done this with Laura? You could not have done that. Of course they could have did it with Laura. Look, I'm not saying that Laura needed to be gone. I'm the last of the Jeannie Francis fans, so I'm just saying... I'm Luke and Laura all day long. I don't know why she is recurring. I don't know what went down with that. I don't think anybody knows, and we won't know until Jeannie Francis wants people to know. But, you know, I think she added to GH by being there just because she she's an old GGH-er. She's Laura. Like, come on. Yeah. I can't. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm upset about that, so... 
So I mean, I feel like having a Lexus one. It's like it's like the you know Johnny come lately. It's like all right, who are you? We're supposed to be either Laura or Ned. And I was cool with either one of them winning, but now you just come riding up in there. Thinking oh, just- did you see what somebody wrote in uh, Miss Bubbles? Miss Bubbles said Laura has been put on recurring. The producers say they only want her character on screen 12 yeah. times a year. And uh, Jeannie Francis is like, no thanks. Uh, I would rather do no times a year than just 12 times. So uh, That's no time. That's no. like... Cumulatively, that's like twelve. I mean, three months out of twelve. Like that's no time. But I also find that that is so interesting that it's at, like at once the beginning a month. of the year, yeah, at the beginning of the year, you could already decide like, yeah, this this is an actor that we only need twelve times. They don't want to pay her. Yeah, no, it's Jeannie Francis. They don't want to pay her because she probably makes by herself what everybody on that soap makes. <laughs> she makes everybody's salary all by herself. Come yeah, on, I mean, it it was Jeannie Francis. It was um um. Robin Strasser and it was Susan Lucci. Those were the three dolls that commanded the soaps. They're not going to have her on General Hospital and not pay her. No, they're no, not. That's true. And if they're coming to the table, as you would say, Johnny come lately with some bogus financial offer for her, she's like, no, bump that. I can go home and file my nails for that amount of money. Yeah, I mean, we talked about a little about this uh, a couple weeks ago, but that she just, I still feel like she never, even when she got, but she came back to the show. Uh, for Luke's for a while and it stuck around, that she never really got a no. chance to kind of come into her own for a story. And now just at the tail end of it, getting involved with Kevin, getting married, get, taking the name of Collins, and then going for mayor, she was finally starting to move in her own direction. And then... But I so. said, I said, when all of that was happening, I'm like, I'm not feeling this. It was too much too late is what it was for me. Like, I love her on the soap. And I there's, there's not any storyline they could give Jeannie Francis that I wouldn't enjoy. Except for her marrying Kevin, <laughs> that one I kind of was like. Oh. Well, I mean, like I feel like the, the 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 bad part about that story is that so much of it happened off camera, and we'd only catch them on like more like important parts of that. You know what? You're absolutely right, and maybe that's why I wasn't feeling it. Maybe that's the reason I wasn't feeling it. So yeah, just we there's need... that. Uh, go for it. Yeah, I was going to talk about um, Mike and um, Sonny. Yeah. <laughs> why right. are you always hating on Sonny? <laughs> Uh, well, one, I mean, great to see Max Gale. Uh, yeah, taking out I the role. Him. Yes, I mean, that's cool. Uh, since the originator there of uh, Mike has retired, so mm-hmm. that's great. So Max Gale, love him, uh, Barney Miller, a variety of other shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I don't, do I want to see Sonny in an Alzheimer's storyline? I, I don't know. I do. Okay. Because it ties in the whole mental, men, not mental, mental thing. Like, Sonny has bipolar Mike has Alzheimer's, we think, and because that's a mental thing, it it, it gives Maurice Bernard a, a way to tie that in story wise. I think to make it to put the focus on those two two things again, because they gave him a lot of time in the past with the whole bipolar storyline. Story but I don't think they've ever gen, the one. What I will say to interrupt myself, General Hospital has always been really good. The writers there at attacking things that are relevant in life. And relevant in the community and relevant in our country. So I like the fact that they're attacking that, and I like the fact that they have that character doing it. Because when he found that $10,000 in the cigar box, I was like, really? And he was all agitated. Because people that, that have um, memory loss, they do get a little agitated and they do, you know, get a little weird. So even his wife, Rita, was like, you know, I've never seen him like this. I don't know what's going on with him. So it'll be good to bring attention to, through acting and through the storyline, attention to 
the symptoms of Alzheimer's and how to recognize when somebody is about to go off the rails because we don't always know. So I think I think that's cool. I I like it. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, willing to be, uh, you know. Have my opinion change on the storyline, but I, I guess I, I feel like it's first. You're thinking you like, yeah. Do I, how do I? Can I? But I also thought like, well, if I know, I'm already ahead of the audience on this in the sense of like, all right, so he's got, or I'm ahead of uh, the characters, or it's like, all right, I know he's got Alzheimer's, so uh, I get frustrated when it's like, Sonny, come on, can't you just pick up the signs? Like I can pick it up. I'm not as I'm not involved with the storyline, but I know what's going on. Be smarter. Be smarter, Sonny. Write him smarter. <laughs> I think it's gonna. I think it might get revealed. I think that's a storyline that's going to happen very rapidly as well because it'll get revealed when they when he comes to Port Charles and, and he's dealing with those kids and stuff. Yeah. I um, want to go to Port Charles. I want to stay here. Cut to I'm in Port Charles and I'm dealing with these kids. Right. Who are you guys? <laughs> Where's Morgan? Where's Morgan? I can't. But what I really loved was when Maurice Bernard broke character in one of those scenes where he was trying to convince Mike to come to Port Charles, and he was like, no, 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 I don't want to come, I don't want to come. And then finally, Rita was like, yeah, no, go. And Maurice Bernard literally doubled over and just busted out laughing. Did you see that? (laughs) That made me laugh so hard. I'm like, oh, he broke character. Like, he was not sunny. Like, he just, he full on just laughed at her. He was like, okay, that was funny, and just belly laughed. <laughs> it was nice for me to see him just break and not be, you know, Sonny Corinthos for like yeah. two seconds. That was funny. Uh, as we're getting ready to wrap up, we haven't really get, done a good uh, J-Sam moment. Uh, <laughs> My theme wait. song came back. I know you were hating that. Ooh, man. <laughs> I, for one, was ecstatic. I was the, so happy. The little part of that theme song is when they did a scene uh, a few weeks ago where it was just Sonny and Jason talking, and they played the damn theme song. You're going to play it for a while. It's going, like, even just, like, the mention. I is, don't care. Oh, I don't this care. This theme song is the pits. Jason and Sam talking, and that song happening, and I was on Twitter at the time, and they, did you see what they said to you? They were like, Frank, they played your song, and you were like, no. That is the worst <laughs> song of all time. It is not. It it's is. a love song. I love it. And I, I still feel the same way I felt a couple weeks ago, that I am just tired of just scenes after scenes of everybody uh, either telling Sam or telling Jason that Sam is wrong. Say, Sam, Sam's, uh, yeah, Sam, she doesn't, she doesn't want to admit it, but she she really wants you, Jason. Or Sam, you don't know what you want. You don't know what you want. I'm like, come on, guys. Just well, give us you know, a break. Jason finally was like, Carly, cut it out. Like if she doesn't if she doesn't stop getting up in his face about Sam, their friendship is gonna be no. crazy. Oh, but real quick, the fact that she helped him decorate his apartment for Danny to come over that was so sweet. And Danny called Ring. him daddy and gave him a little picture and everything. Uh, what do you want? What do you like in your pizza? Ollie, whatever you're eating, Dad. Loved that. I'm like, this is going to be a whole new trajectory for Jason. I'm excited about it. That was cool, but I also thought, like, uh, that's not what a kid would say. The kid would, the kid, the kid would be like, mm, I don't want any. I'm fine. It depends on the kid, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, that kid's brown nosing. <laughs> I get that. I, I see you. I see you, Danny. <laughs> uh, Why oh are you just calling out a kid? You are not right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, so, uh, of course, now uh, tie back in real quickly with uh, the Nathan's funeral. Yes. Uh, the one that I, I remember, I was watching it uh, at work uh, during lunch, and you know there would just be like the little the little tears. Of, I, I just kind of for just, you. Oh yeah, I was getting a little choked up in a couple months. You just how could you not feel did some of the you, emotion of that? Did you break down for real? For real? When Georgie and Nathan showed up, Maxie well, looked up and they walked, walked away. away hand in hand. I was done. I was uh, done. 
I, I, I didn't, I, I was like, please don't ugly cry at work. That's just not you. <laughs> That's yeah. not a good look. <laughs> no, no, no. No, but my, my back was to everybody, and I just, I, I, I could just feel like a little, I was like, all right, just, hey, just gonna just, I'm not going to oh, make a big the thing. the Tin Man has a heart. There you go. <laughs> it was just some dust in this room. No, <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> oh, how I've missed you. <laughs> oh, yes. But, and I agree with you, uh, Nina's story. Like, just come up, and, uh, somebody come up here and share one of your stories with Nathan. I would just love that. No, that was a. That year, I agree with you. That was a really uh, heartfelt. It was. That was a really great episode. Yeah. Really great. Like it. Yeah. It was. It was probably one of the best. Uh, and we also. Uh, you mentioned Valentine and Peter or Heinrich's connection. What do you think that connection is exactly? I don't know, but I'm thinking now that we know that Valentine was actually there when um, Anna gave birth and knows what happened. Maybe he, maybe he might be the dad instead of Faisal. I don't know. Well, he said he followed, uh, uh, and he got there, uh, and everything was empty. But he talked to the midwife, and it was. I know. Anna, I, I remember him yeah. saying all that, but it, I don't think he's the father. I'm, I know that's a stretch. It was a stretch. But I'm like, but you asked me what I think the relationship yeah. might be, and I'm just like speculating. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Maybe he's his uncle. Maybe maybe Valentina is secretly related to Faison. Like maybe they were brothers or something. I don't know. I'm I'm just speculating uh, yeah. and making stuff up. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious <laughs> to usual. see like the Faison uh, kind of legacy passed on, uh, and I'm curious to see what uh, Heinrich will do with that. Yeah, he's kind of grown on me. I'm kind of interested in him now. Oh, all right. Well, Carla's got her eye on you. Yes, Peter. Let's see what you're gonna do on GH. Because if you don't, <laughs> if you don't bring it, we're gonna talk about you. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's gonna do it for this episode of the GH Report here on AfterBuzz TV. But of course, folks, like us on fa- Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Everybody, thanks for hopping in the chat, sharing Thank your thoughts you right there. Thank you in the chat room. Yes. yes, we love y'all. Thank you so much. Yes, you make the show much more so much more fun to do when we get to see what you actually think about. Uh, the show and how awesome Carla is and how terrible I am. I, we agree with all those sentiments that you share in the chat. Uh, but if you want to continue the conversation with either of us or with yourselves uh, on social media, for Carla and I, you can find us there. How, Carla, where can they find you? You can find me across all social media platforms at The Curvy Critic. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Happy Go Jackie. Folks, we'll be back here next Sunday night with another edition of the GH Report right here on After Buzz TV. Go watch some soaps, everybody. Yeah, dudes. And do that. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.